Life's full of ups and downs. It's not a steady, even keel. We have times in our life when things are going really well, and if you live long enough, you'll have many times in your life when things are not going well. We, uh, most of us have had some point in our life when uh, we were just broke, and everything that needed repair and needed to be replaced has created a financial crisis, and, and hopefully uh, there'll be times in your life when you'll be blessed and, and uh, you need a new car and you can just go get one. Most of us had times in our life we were healthy. Uh, not, not everybody. Some people, even from childhood, have had difficulties physically, but, but most of us have had times in our life when we were healthy. But if you live long enough, that will not always be the case. There's going to be some point you're going to go to the doctor, you're going to get some news that you didn't want to hear. So at life, that's how it works. It's, it's up and it's down. It's not, it's not just a steady, even kill. Now, the thing is, is when everything is up, it's really easy to worship the Lord, isn't it? So how do you worship when you're, when you're down? That's, that's one of the things that we're going to talk about today. As we look at a man who was lower than I hope all of us will ever be in our life. Job, who lost everything, and yet the Bible says that he, that he still worshiped God. In response to losing everything, he worshiped God. So how is that possible? Well, I think we can learn something from him today as we look at it. And maybe you're here today and you're in a time of pain right now. I know there's, there's people in the church that are, that are sick. Uh, there's people in the church that have lost spouses or lonely. Uh, people in the church that are struggling financially. And if you're not in a low place right now, if you live long enough, you probably will be eventually. And so I hope that today as we look at Job and how he worshiped in the midst of this, will encourage you and equip you to know how to still worship the Lord when you're down. Job chapter 1, we're going to pick up right where we left off last week in verse 13. So I want to ask you, would you join me in standing as we read this together? Here's what the Bible says. Now, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. Well, that's last week's passage. Sorry about that. I was just seeing if you were paying attention. Let's skip to verse 13. Now, there was a day when his sons, that is Job's sons and daughters, were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And there came a messenger to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them. And the Sabaeans fell upon them and took them and struck down the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was yet speaking, there came another and said, The fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was yet speaking, there came another and said, The Chaldeans formed three groups and made a raid on the camels and took them and struck down the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. While he was yet speaking, there came another and said, Your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, and behold, a great wind came across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young people, and they are dead, and I alone have escaped to tell you. Then Job arose and tore his robe 
and shaved his head and fell on the ground and worshiped. And he said, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. Let's pray together. God, help us not to sin in our pain and in our mourning, but to worship you even in the darkest moments of our life. Speak to us today through the example of Job, and I pray that you'd encourage us and equip us that we may worship even when we're down. For it's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Well, life can include sudden pain and heartache, even without explanation. And so this passage we just read in the first part describes one loss after another that Job has experienced. And so I want you to notice here that there's, there's, there's an emphasis on the intensity of Job's problems. It says in verse 16, while he was yet speaking, meaning the first messenger that is described what Job had lost. Here comes another one while he was yet speaking. Then in verse 17, while he was yet speaking, about the second messenger. Verse 18, while he was yet speaking. So, so the Bible describes Job being just bombarded with bad news. The messenger comes and says, we've lost the, the oxen and the donkeys. And another messenger comes and says, we've lost the sheep. And another messenger comes and says, we've lost the camels. And then the greatest tragedy of all, he said, you've lost your children. One right after another. Now, t t in today's times, we, we hear sheep and donkeys and, and camels, and we just, think, we just think livestock. But I want you to understand that if Job were alive today, he would be what we call a multimillionaire. Now, these were Job's assets. If I could put it in perspective for you today, it would be as if you were sitting at home one day, minding your own business, and all of a sudden your financial planner calls, and he says, I've got some bad news. He said, it turns out your entire 401k was invested in a Ponzi scheme and it's gone. And as soon as he finishes the phone calls and it's your doctor's office and they say, your results are back and it's not good. The doctor wants to speak with you in person. You barely put down the phone and somebody knocks at the door. When you open the door, a fireman and a police officer are standing there and they say, there's been a tragic accident and we need to tell you what happened. This is what Job was experiencing, one after another, constantly. It says, while he was yet speaking, then came another. While he was yet speaking, then came another. While he was yet speaking, then came another. I, I know that there's people in our church that have experienced pain and suffering, and, and I've experienced a, a little bit in my life, nothing like Job. And I, I thank God because I'm not the strong person that Job is. I'm not sure that I would react the way that Job did, but this man worshiped. He worshiped God even in the midst of all of this. And so one of the things I think we learn from this is that worship and mourning can happen simultaneously. Look what it says in verse 20, Job did. 
Then Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head and fell on the ground and worshiped. In, in the Bible, in the Old Testament and the New Testament, uh, to, to tear one's clothes was a symbol of great mourning. When people believed that they had heard blasphemy, they would tear their robes. When Job heard that he had lost everything, he, he tore his robes. Today, uh, people shave their heads for convenience. Sometimes people shave their head for fashion. But nobody would shave their head in ancient Israel or even in the days of Jesus because it was considered to be a shame. And so when Job shaves his head and he tears his clothes, this is Job signifying that he is experiencing intense pain and he is in a time of great mourning. And yet the Bible says he, he worshiped. The Bible describes several people who experienced loss and difficulty and yet worship anyway. Habakkuk was one of the Old Testament prophets, and he speaks about a time when Israel had lost everything. And here's what he says in Habakkuk 3, 17 and 18. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food. So if we could just think about that in modern terms. Every grocery store is closed, every restaurant, there's no food anywhere you can't order, you can't buy it. There's no food. That's where they were at this point. He says, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Here's what he says. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. So Habakkuk, the Old Testament prophet, speaking to the people, said, even though we're living in a time of, of famine, a time when there is nothing, he says, yet we will rejoice in the Lord. The psalmist, we see another example in Psalm 38. In Psalm 38, verses 10 and 11, just one example of the psalmist describing the pain that he's experiencing. He says, my heart throbs, my strength fails me, and the light of my eyes, it also has gone from me. My friends and companions stand aloof from my plague, and my nearest kin stand far off. In the following verses, he describes more of his pain. But if we skip to verse 13, here's what he says. But for you, O Lord, do I wait. It is you, O Lord my God, who will answer. The psalmist, the prophet Habakkuk, Job, all experiencing pain and suffering, and in the midst of it, they turn to the Lord. The Bible says that Job tore his robes, shaved his heads, fell down, and, and worshiped, and worshiped. You know, I think that uh, one, of the, one of the things that we really uh, don't do well sometimes in church is that we tell people what they ought to do, but we don't necessarily tell them how to do it. Yes, one thing to say, we need to worship even in the midst of our pain. But how do you do that? How, how, how do you do that? I think we get an example from Job. You know, the Bible says that Job 
tore his robes, shaved his head, and fell down and worshiped. Do you know there's a place in worship for mourning and for sorrow? They're not mutually exclusive. We often think about worship as just celebration. And worship is celebration. We have so much to celebrate that God has done for us, but it's not just celebration. When I was growing up at First Baptist Pigeon Forge, we had a, we had a choir, and it was called the Celebration Choir. All this emphasis on celebration. And it's good to celebrate, but sometimes I think we have the false and unbiblical idea that worship is always celebration. And it's not. There's, there's moments in our life when we're experiencing real pain, pain and, and mourning. And God is bigger than our pain. We, we, we can bring that to him. We can worship even in the midst. It, it's okay to come into worship and, and not be able to give a genuine smile on a morning when you've just experienced great loss. Throughout my ministry, I've seen different people have a death of a spouse or a parent. And we'll go and we'll try to comfort them and encourage them. And, and many times people have said to me, they said, Pastor, uh, we'll, uh, you know, we'll be back at church in maybe a few weeks. We're just, we're just not ready yet. We're just not ready yet. And, and that's okay. I'm not judging anybody for the way that they mourn or go through their pain but you know one of the reasons i think people begin to think like that is because we think you should always be excited you should always be happy you should always be joyful when you come into worship it should always be a celebration and that's not the case there's times in our life to weep and to mourn the bible says there's a time for everything and there is a time to mourn and we can mourn and worship god at the same time well, how did Job do that? Well, Job worshiped in his pain because he never lost perspective of who he was and who God was. So Job was able to worship because he knew where he came from. Listen to what he says in verse 21. And he said, naked I came from my mother's womb. Job was not emphasizing he didn't have any clothes on. He didn't have anything. Job realized that he came into this world with nothing and that everything that he now has is a gift of, of God. None of us in this room today brought ourselves into this world. And none of us, uh, we may have uh, came into a family, we may have came into an inheritance, but we didn't bring anything into this world. Everything that we have is a gift from God. And Job realized that God had blessed him with many things. And these things that he had lost, he never had to begin with. God had given him these things. So Job understood where he came from. But there's a second thing. Job understood where he was going. He said, naked, I came from my mother's womb. And listen to this. And naked shall I return. Job understood that not only did he not bring anything into this world, he wasn't going to take anything out of this world with him. Romans chapter 8, verse 18. In this passage, Paul shares his perspective about suffering. 
He says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. You see, Paul had a little more revelation than Job did. Paul knew everything that lied on the other side of this life. Well, not, not everything, but he knew a lot more than Job. And he said, when I look at the sufferings that I'm going through right now, they're not even worth comparing to the glory that lies ahead. Listen to what the Bible says about what we're going to carry out of this world. In Psalm 49.10, it says, For he sees that even the wise die. So, so everybody's going to die, okay? We all came into this world naked. We're all going to leave this world naked. Everybody's going to die. The fool and the stupid alike must perish, and listen to this, and leave their wealth to others. Job was a wealthy man, but Job understood that he wasn't going to take it with him. That someday he was going to exit this world just like he came into it. Do you know that a lot of our problems come from losing perspective? Losing perspective. You see, God has designed us for eternity, but many of us are living for the moment. Sometimes even the wise ones among us are only living for the decade, forgetting that this life is just a little blip on the radar of eternity. And so when we think about losing a job, losing a house, you think about can't get around like we used to, and now I have a new physical problem. We think about problems with people, comfort, all these things are temporary in the scope of eternity. That doesn't mean that they're not painful and they shouldn't be mourned, but it means that we don't mourn as people who have no hope. We understand what God has in store for us. And so Job loses all of his wealth, loses his children, and Job says, naked I came into this world and naked I go out of this world. He understands that God gave him all of those things. And when we begin to understand that everything we have is a gift from God, it'll change our attitude and it'll change our perspective. You see, a lot of people today, they don't believe God has given them anything. They think that they're the sole source of their success. I know that God has called us to a responsibility. God gave us physical health so we could work. God gave us a mind so we could be creative. I understand that. There, there's, there's work to be done on our part. We need to be good stewards. But we need to understand that God gave us all these things. You know, some people today would say, well, Pastor, I, I got all my wealth because I'm a brilliant businessman and I worked harder and longer than other people. Well, I'm here to tell you right now, if you'd been born in Syria, it wouldn't matter how smart you are or how hard you work, you'd be broke. We have received a gift from God, everything that we have. And when we understand that, it, it doesn't mean that it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that it won't hurt when you lose it. But it keeps the hurt and the pain in perspective so that we can still worship God even in the midst of losing things. So Job was able to worship in his pain because he knew where he came from and where he was going. 
and he knew who gave him everything. The second part of verse 21, he said, the Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job's faith in God allowed him to grieve and to hurt without sin. The Bible says here, in all this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. You know, if we charge God with wrong, we deny everything that the Bible teaches us about his nature and his character. Last week, I asked this question. I said, what would you need to have in order for God to be good? Fortunately, we have uh, a lot of people that have been in worship for a while, read the Bible, and realized right away it was a trick question, right? What we have has nothing to do with the character and nature of God. There's going to be times in your life when things are up and time when things are down. And if you base your view of God on what you have and where you are, you'll rarely, if ever, have an accurate picture of who God is. You see, sometimes God has a very specific purpose in our suffering that we can't see, aren't aware of, and don't understand. I had a good friend in Atlanta, still a great friend, and he had a sanitation business. Here in uh, Madisonville, you know, we have city garbage collecting. They don't have that in Atlanta. It's private. And so different companies will come and sell you garbage services to come to your house and pick up the garbage. And so he had a business like this. One day he was out and he goes to uh, throw open the lid of a garbage can to empty it. And there's a Bible sitting right on top. He said, I thought, well, Somebody must have been waiting for the bus, waiting for somebody, and they've, they've set this Bible in here to keep it out of the rain. They forgot about it. So he said, I got it, and I put it in the cab of the truck. And he said, the next day I saw somebody at their house, and he said, I went up and knocked on the door, and, and I said, hey, I said, you, you guys left uh, your Bible in, in, in the can. And he said, the guy said, there's nobody here has a Bible. That's not our Bible. And so he said, I just, I took it back, and I put it in my truck, and he said, I opened it up, and uh, he wasn't going to church or anything, so he said, I just, he said, I just opened it up and happened to open it to this book of Job. He said, I started reading. And over the next two weeks, he read the entire book of Job. One morning, he is out doing his job. He is behind the truck unloading a can, and a girl was headed to school. As she came around the corner, the, the sun just hit her windshield just right and just blinded her. She, she never saw his truck, never even tapped her brakes to slow down, and she pinned him behind the truck. He lost one leg, and, and they were able to reconstruct and salvage uh, one. When he was in the hospital, uh, the young girl went to the church that— at, I would later pastor in Atlanta. And so the former pastor before me went to see him in the hospital. And, and my good friend, who's very active in, in the church today, will tell you that reading the book of Job was the only thing that got him through that 
experiencing pain of losing one leg and losing much of the use of the other. Now, here's what I want you to understand. Job had never even seen a garbage truck. He wouldn't understand it if we tried to explain it to him. And he didn't know anything about my friend, Mike. But God used his suffering. And that's just one example of the millions of people that God used Job to minister to throughout the centuries. Now, I'm not telling you that your pain and your suffering is going to be recorded in Scripture like Job. What I'm telling you is that God doesn't explain to us everything that he's doing with our lives. He doesn't give us a reason for every problem, every pain, and every heartache. But if you'll trust him, God can take everything in our life, even our mistakes, and he can redeem it, and he can use it for good. So Job, when Job heard he'd lost everything, He mourned and he worshiped. And I believe that you and I can do the same. Let's pray together. Father, I pray for every person here today that's hurting, whether they're suffering physically, emotionally, financially. God, help us to trust you even when we can't see, understand, or figure out what you're doing in our lives. Lord, help us to learn from Job how to worship even in the midst of our pain. For it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Maybe you're here today and you're, you're living in a time of pain and suffering. Maybe it's physical. You've got some kind of disease, some kind of disability. Maybe your problem is financial. Never recovered from COVID. Something's happened to you. Maybe it's relational. You got a child that you're alienated from, spouse that's unfaithful. I I don't know what you're dealing with today. And and I would never try to minimize your pain by some little trite statement like, well, just lay it down, just give it to the Lord. We do need to give it to the Lord. But that doesn't take away our time of mourning and pain. It's okay to bring that to God and to worship him in the midst of it. It's okay to be honest with God about everything that we're feeling. But when we begin to believe in his character and his nature and believe that he is good, we'll still be able to worship him even in the midst of it. Even when we don't know why, can't understand, can't figure it out, we can still worship God because of who we believe that he is. So if that's you here today, when we begin to sing, I just want to invite you just to pour out your heart to God. You can tell him how you feel. You can tell him why you're hurting. He's he's big enough to handle it. He already knows what you're thinking. And maybe here today and you don't really have any reason to have hope. Here's what I want you to understand. 
You see, even when Jesus' disciples didn't understand why he was going to go to the cross, and they were telling Jesus, said, you don't need to go to Jerusalem. You don't, you don't, you don't need to suffer. Even when they didn't understand, he was pursuing God's plan so that you and I could be saved. When he went to the cross, it was for you and it was for me. You see, today, we can be forgiven by simply asking to receive the gift that he has offered. So if there's never been a time in your life that you've prayed to God and asked for forgiveness, I want to invite you to do this. We sing. If you need help making a decision, that's why I'll be standing here at the front. So friend, as we sing, I encourage you to make your decision. Let's stand together.